Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Kessman, coming to you on a Thursday, August 25th. LA Galaxy getting ready to head off to New England. We'll face off against New England Revolution and Bruce Arena, and then quickly turn around and head to Toronto, where they'll take on Bob Bradley in Toronto. Greg Vanny returning to Toronto for the first time uh, since leaving there as head coach. So we have that to talk about. We have some news. The LA Galaxy signed a new player. We'll talk about uh, Martin uh, Caceres and what he had to say. We're going to talk about what Greg Vanny had to say, some injury updates, some bad news for one player, tell you what's going on in the road trip, and then obviously get you ready for the game coming up. Hopefully it's an exciting show to help me do all this. He's back. This might be three weeks in a row. might be a new world record. We're not sure. We haven't been keeping track. It is Eric, the Portuguese hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. The Galaxy may not be able to string more than two wins together, but I could string three appearances together. So got my away blues on. I'm ready for the road trip. Yep. Excited to be here. So, yep. yeah, happy to be called in. Got the got the late call. I just got your text right now, by the way. Yeah. I am ready to okay. record, just okay. so you know. Good, <laughs> good. Che- checking my phone during the preamble. So just so you know, if anyone's wondering what kind of show it's going to be, I just checked my checked my text right now. So we're ready should to be go. a great show tonight. Yeah, we, usually we connect like 15 minutes beforehand. This was about five minutes, and I wasted most of that complaining about other things. So um, it was it was very good. <laughs> I would like to point out I I was at Target. So um, I don't know. I, I'm sure some people care. Some people don't care. If you don't care, you don't have to listen to this part. But I, I joined a, a train club, which sounds ridiculous on its face because um, it is quite honestly. And 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 I don't let you live it down. I I no. send you screen grabs. And, yes. And, yeah, I, I let you know how ridiculous it is, but you do you. And that's what I like about you, Josh. Yeah, I don't care. You're, you're unashamedly you. I, I would like to say that the last two weeks of my life maybe have been the happiest weekends I've had <laughs> in a very, very long time. And including family and doing stuff. So these are these are right on trains that I'm now a, a, a participant in. And I have had to learn. Yeah, choo choo. Actually, it's more like because we have like diesels, but I'm learning how to drive the trains. I'm learning how to do all those things. So the last weekend was our public ride days where we invite the public and you can ride for free for free. You don't have to pay any money. You come ride a train for free. If you got kids, it's a great way to kill an hour. 
So hold I'll give you more information as we sort of go over that. And as I get more acquainted with the club, I'll invite you all out to, to join us on those and, and do that. We can talk about it. Uh, but so, the funny thing was that I had to go to Target before because it was superhero day at the train rides and they wanted us to wear superhero t-shirts. And so Jake, my two-year-old, he had his two, he had already had a superhero t-shirt. I needed to get one. And so I got a Marvel one that had like seven different he- superheroes on it. Right. You know, cause you know, just cover all the cheap, bases. But yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. A whole deal. So I had to go to target and right next to that shirt, that superhero shirt was this Dr. Pepper shirt. So I couldn't not get it. Right. I, yeah, I knew I had to grab it. So um, unofficially, the show is sponsored by Dr. Pepper and I'm wearing my Dr. Pepper shirt and I've got my Dr. Pepper drink that I haven't even opened yet because uh, there's one more life hack I'd like to show you, Eric. This is this is big. And if you're watching, I don't worry, I'll explain it to people on the podcast. Do you know what this is, Eric? Can it's you an aluminum solo cup? It's an aluminum solo cup. Yeah. God bless <laughs> aluminum solo cups. They're recyclable. The water tastes excellent at them. You don't get any of that plastic taste. Maybe there's an aluminum taste. I don't taste it. I can't. Not not with all the Dr. Pepper I drink. It keeps your drinks cold, fully recyclable, and you can reuse the heck out of them, especially if it's for a water cup. I bought 30. So anyway, that's my that's my big takeaway. Yes. Yeah. Great job. Uh, (laughs) The also the the sleeves that they sell now for cold beverages, either your slim cans or your bottles. Those are excellent as well that, that are insulated to keep your, your beverage nice and cold, especially on a hot summer. But fun fact with your Dr. Pepper shirt and the corporate sponsoring here on corner of the galaxy. Yes. I was this close. I got a new shirt today. It was a Kirkland signature brand t-shirt, just plain shirt. It says Kirkland signature Costco. If you're near a Costco nine ninety seven, best deal, great quality shirt, Kirkland signatures this close. But I said, you know what? We're in corner of the galaxy. We're a galaxy podcast. I go to wear some galaxy gear. So you didn't follow the dress code, but I'll, I'll allow it because Dr. Pepper and trains are your thing. So let me ask you this. Yes. You do planes. Yes. You're doing trains. Uh-huh. Are, you, are, are boats next? Are you going to just cover all bases? There is. There's something that you don't know about me, but I have strived to sort of drive to, to have driven all like major forms of transportation. So nice. I've, I've driven a boat. I've driven a car. I've driven a truck. Uh, I've driven a submarine. I've driven a full-size locomotive uh, whenever I was like 12. Uh, so I, I've flown airplanes. So, I mean, I do have a lot of the bases covered. I think I still have a lot more to go, but there is something about oh, that. We, we, need to, we need to do something very, very important, though. You need to talk about Seattle, and I need to go turn off my air conditioner. So you talk <laughs> about enough. Seattle, and I'll turn off my air conditioner, and nobody will be the wiser. We'll, trust me, oh, nobody perfect. will even notice I'm gone. So your thoughts on Seattle, and I'll see you in a minute. Perfect. So we're going to, we're going to cut that out right at the show. Um, so thoughts on Seattle. So the takeaway from it, uh, is obviously a disappointment with the three, three draw. You have to think, okay, they had a two goal lead in the first half. They were, you know, not playing that well, but they still were able to kind of make things happen and get their chances. And so you think, okay, the galaxy are back on track. They have the momentum that they had from the week prior. They're keeping the train rolling, you know, despite them not looking great in the first half. Right. And then in the second half, the wheels just completely fell off with the goal fifth goal in the 53rd minute, 61st minute, 73rd minute. And it was like this, it was a complete dumpster fire uh, in the second half. And then they got rescued at the end with the Jovalich penalty and injury time. And the only thing, my big takeaway and what I, how, what I walked away from that game feeling thankful to get a point, but disappointed that you didn't get the three is this is the result of the ineptitude of the organization over the past five to six years. There's not a winning culture at the LA galaxy. The players on the field are not used to winning. And I know that sounds silly. It's like, these are not 
winners, but they just, it seems like they're capable of winning, but their default setting isn't set to win. You know, we're, we just had Kobe day yesterday at his birthday a couple days ago, you know, yesterday was eight twenty four. that mama mentality of just, I'm going to be an absolute killer. I think when you're on a team, you know, that is not constantly winning, that's has to creep into your me- mentality. So I don't think that the galaxy currently as constructed in the way Seattle has been playing talent wise, that sh- there's not a huge gap there. I mean, you could argue, but Seattle was missing some, some of their players as well. The galaxy should have been able to win that game, but you look at the Seattle roster and it's just the complete opposite. They have winning in their bloodstream. Losing to them feels weird. They don't quit. They just, if they're losing, they're going to fight. They're going to claw. It's almost like they don't know how to lose. It's almost like the opposite. And that's with the years of success, winning Champions League, winning MLS Cups in recent years. It breeds that mindset. So the, you know, whole fan base that's upset with the front office and the ineptitude, that's the result on the field is players who don't have that mentality. And it's maybe even to no fault of their own. And maybe it's something subconsciously between the ears, but it's just, they, they don't have that killer mindset. We had this great win against Vancouver, you know, have a goal explosion and it right. just can't carry over. They, they're, they're, their phasers aren't set to win, to stun. They're just, they just don't have that, that extra, that killer gear. And that's the unfortunate thing uh, I, that was disappointing because this is a, the marks of excellent teams. And I say this all the time is teams that get results despite not playing well. Right. That's what the galaxy did in the first half. Right. And then to blow it all, and get fortunate with the penalty. Not the, that's a whole nother conversation is the ESPN crew saying, Oh, well, what's the player supposed to do? It's like the arm was in an unnatural position. It hit, it hit the arm. It doesn't matter if the player's standing on the goal line and you kick it right at his arm. It's blocking the goal. It's in the way it, it's, it's a handball. It's a handball and it's a penalty 10 times out of 10. So that was a whole nother bizarre thing going on with the ESPN crew, but it was a penalty. And I think the galaxy will feel lucky to get the three points. And maybe this is, you know, a crucial points, but, uh, but, but that, I, I walked away disappointed because I just felt like all this frustration that the fan base feels that that's how it's manifesting itself is what we saw in that game against Seattle. Yeah. It's a weird team, man. I don't know that I've ever covered a team like this. Like it's not the same as last year's team. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Um, and the stats say that this team should be so much better than it is. Yeah. Now, some of that is underperforming. I mean, you can see there's a whole bunch of players you could list as underperforming. There's guys right now though, who are trying to hit their stride. I mean, Look at Chicharito scoring in multiple games now, right? Look at um, even uh, Victor Vasquez scoring in back to back games like that. It's like Cabral getting, you know, another assist. It's there's, playing well. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some things that are starting to move in that right direction. And certainly I I don't know if they deserve to be up to nothing at that halftime game. And they, you know, didn't. So they didn't. Right. It didn't feel that way. And that's how everybody at halftime was, too. And we were like, sure. OK, whatever. And then. They, they probably also, um, and, and then I thought they absolutely deserved to be down, to, to give up three goals. It was like, wh- what are you doing? It's like, well, wake up and snap out of it. Well, this is what we've seen. A Galaxy team who has a poor first half and goes down 3-0 and then has a lot of fight in the second half and, you know, claws back. We saw a Galaxy team that didn't look good and I thought, well, okay, well, they had a bad half. Maybe the second half is their good half that they go in with a two-goal lead and then right. they f- extend it further. So to, to follow it up with another dud, that, that was... That was unfortunate. It was. Uh, and as we look at the outlook and we've been looking at the outlook, just sort of where the galaxy stand and how that works, 
Again, if you saw our Monday show or listened to our Monday show, you know this already, but I like to go over it on every show. Uh, with that one point now, the LA Galaxy have picked up basically uh, seven points in their last one, two, three, four, five games, right? Um, and so we can look at that and say they've picked up seven out of 15. It's almost half, and we're sort of yeah. been on this trend of halves, right? And so what can the Galaxy do on this? Now, technically, in a two-game road trip, you should get one win uh, in order to pick up the three points and therefore you will have split the points that you need to do. If they split the points from here on out, they, they will make the playoffs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that feels right. But target points is 48. We think that might come down, but we're leaving it at 48 current points is 34 minimum points needed 14. So they still need 14 points out of nine games and there's 27 available points. Again, they need half, right? 14, 27. Yeah. We can do the math there. Uh, it's not, it, 28 is half, right? 28 and 14. That's half, but 27, 14 is also half, um, especially whenever you're using like roundup math at the, uh, at this level. So, um, that's important to sort of focus on, but I don't want to. And I think certainly, um, from my Monday show, I don't want to inflate the importance of these games, right? Because the next two, right? Yeah. The next two, they are very difficult games and yes, in years past, you might have said, oh, these the L.A. Galaxy aren't afraid of anybody. They should be afraid of both of these teams um, just <laughs> well, by the just by the way they uh, they work. I, I will push back a little bit. I think maybe they should be less afraid of one than the other. But um, I have I did my points per game math as well that I've been doing these past few weeks. So obviously, when you win, points go up when you lose points go down. But. It, it usually at this point of the season averages out. So with nine games r remaining, the Galaxy are, are at 1.36 point points per game, which if you average that out, it's about 12 points. So I rounded down in that case. So 34 plus 12, that's 46, which actually is the target that 538 has it set at. And so 46 would be enough. So I just, I do you see four wins in the next nine games? That's about half. I think I, think I do. I, I think, think I can see I think, Galaxy winning yeah four games out of their next nine. And so I, I do think they, they do scrape into the playoffs, but it's not going to be pretty. And they, I, I'm with you that because these are East Coast games, the importance aren't inflated, but these points can be crucial in, in, in the race, especially with the drop points at home if, at Seattle. If you want to take pressure off, you win one of those games, right? Yeah. Like if you want to take pressure off a little bit, if you want to be like, okay, cool. And then know that you're coming back on very quick turnaround uh, to play sport in Kansas city, which is a bad team, which has been playing better, which is a bad team. You should beat at home, but they've been playing better, right? It's like all these things that are sort of, it's this confluence of events that's coming. It's like Toronto, Toronto is a bad team. They've been playing better. Uh, mm -hmm. New England is a is not a great team. They actually they're very they're, similar to the LA Galaxy. I was going to say they're right. Yeah. They're, I'd say they're level with the LA Galaxy as but, far as the inconsistency. It's yeah, it, yeah. The inconsistency is certainly there. And Bruce Arena and Bob Bradley, and we know all those things. Well, the LA Galaxy, as we've sort of been hinting at here, um, or actually, I didn't want to do that. I don't want to talk about Caceres yet. I want I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, that. we have we have two super chats oh, as well. Let, if you let's want to go yeah, back let's, to those. Yeah, let me get to the first one. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Oscar put one in. Uh, Five dollars super chat says thanks for calling out the LA Times the other night. They've been awful covering the Galaxy since '96. Um, there certainly has been over the years a lack of good coverage from the Times um, in different ways. I personally believe that when Kevin was covering the team full time, that you actually had very good coverage. In fact, you had some of the best coverage that the Galaxy have ever had from a major outlet. And whether or not you agree with Kevin and how he does stuff, and I don't always agree with him. The bottom line is that he was there every game and he was covering it and he was staying in tune and he knew exactly what was going on and he was finding out things that were happening behind the scenes and all that. 
Um, if you're missing any of that now, just understand that the LA Times isn't covering the team that way anymore. So that was more what I was calling out is like covering the game, covering the teams like they should be covering. And that's for LAFC too. I have no problems covering both teams in LA, but actually covering them right now. They're, they're just, they, they don't really cover them. They don't write game recaps. They don't write game previews. They don't do all those things. And so, and some, and then they complain that they don't get the views when they do put up soccer stories. So <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's almost like newspapers are a dying media. It's, it's, it's weird, right? It is, but like there's, <laughs> there's ways to still go about and do, do things correctly. Yeah. I completely disagree. And this is not on Kevin, by the way, this is being directed at, this is being directed at his bosses. Yeah, right, because we're making the big decisions. He's because he's being told not to cover these games. It's not like he's decided not to cover them, right? But that's one of those things that you sort of look at. So I, I, I tend to believe that they could be doing a lot better job. And if they did yeah. it consistently, they would develop a fan base that goes to the LA Times to do that. But I don't think that they've ever really, really done that. And and part of it, not to make excuses for anything, it's just the nature of Los Angeles sports. You have so many teams that are so beloved and get the coverage. And have that history and going back to that that winning culture that it's really hard to break in and find the the acreage on on that newspaper or on the website to get the stories printed. That's just the facts. I mean, as much as I, I love soccer and support the local game and want them to succeed and want them to cover the game, it's just it's just not an interest. I could see why where a boss of the LA Times would make the decision right. not to cover soccer. I don't, I don't like it. it and you can. You know, we could look at it from our perspective and say, well, you can you could build something here. You can grow something you can get a following. But I could I, I understand the decision not to. It's sad. It's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of fellow co-hosts here. But, you know, it's just Kevin. Speak? You can who, speak who, ill who, of them. Who, who reads the newspaper anymore? Anyway, I, I mean, I, I get that. To those websites. You, I, I think you do. I do. You're, you're the yeah. one. I, I read the L.A. Times only for the soccer stuff. I read the L.A. Times. I have I'm subscribed to Kevin's newsletter because I think it's actually interesting. Most of the time, though, I, I did have some input into that newsletter. So I usually know what's in it. Uh, let's go to uh, another one. Five dollar super tra- chat from uh, Jorge or George. However you go by. It's totally up to you. Uh, drop, the, drop the Dignity Health Sports Park uh, press Wi-Fi password. I do know it. Well, that's not true. I don't know it. It's just memorized in my phone. I have, I've known it. That usually I have to type it in at the beginning of the season and then it's there. Um, but he says, basically, uh, I need something to distract me during the game. I'm sure <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work in the press box. So I highly doubt it works like away from the press box, right? Like you get a, a little bit further away and it's not going to work. Um, and, and some of those things, most of the time it's fine, but every once in a while with enough people in there, it will, it will bog down and slow down. And my Twitter feed will just be like circle, little circle, circle, yeah. circle, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving that up. I actually like my seat, uh, in the, in the press box. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stay there. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, back up Jorge here and say that co- cell coverage in the stadium is, is rough. So if you, if you like live tweeting it inside the stadium there's, at the game, it's not the place to do it. There's more, I mean, and I've hinted at it already. I don't know how it was a good conversation I had whenever I had this conversation. So I believe that some of it is at least true, but pay attention to the Olympics. The Olympics are going to change the face of that stadium. And I'm not sure how, but it's, I don't believe it's small dollar change. I believe it's big dollar change. And whether that means putting a roof around the entire thing, whether that means a full on renovation of somehow, because AEG has to make that decision, right? Eventually they have to say, so we're going to keep putting money into that. Or are we going to give it back to the school and we're going to go or, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to build a place in Long Beach? We're going to build a place in Orange County. We're going to build a place in downtown. What, what, what are we going to do? But they are going to have to make that decision eventually. Or yeah. they sell the team like Artie Moreno's doing to the Angels. Oh, jeez. 
no, let's not do that. No, no, that's, no, that's <laughs> we good We had news. this discussion last that, week. That, yeah, we, we that, like the full pockets as much as a, <laughs> as a complicated relationship it is. It is. I mean, it's nice to know that whenever you reach in your pocket, you're always going to find money, even during a <laughs> pandemic, right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, I found, it's like whenever it, you found like $20 in your pants before, right? You're like, oh, $20. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> if you're AEG, you do that every day. You reach in, yeah. oh, $100 million. What do you look? There it is. Um, so that's there. Let's talk about MLS homegrown player rules real quick. As it stands, and I know this is a complicated process and people most of the time do not care about this, but it is significant in terms of how it is currently run and how they want to change it. So we're just going to focus in on that. Right now, MLS clubs are given a territory, right? Basically 75 to 125 miles, although I think uh, they were saying that Salt Lake has the entire state of Utah and Arizona, right? Just <laughs> lack of people, right? They're trying yeah. to trying to incorporate but they, you have an entire territory and you have the rights to every single youth player in that territory, which means another team can't come over and steal. Now, the Galaxy and LAFC have overlapping territories, right? So yep. there is some competition already in there. So And there's other places like in New York and, and where there's close, teams close together where they have overlapping territories and they can do it. Um, the problem with all of this is, and Peter Vermees said this actually as a quote, he said... Um, there's no way that any team should have here it is. Uh, you shouldn't be able to protect 500,000 kids in one area. Uh, you can never even use 500,000 kids. You can never provide them with the ability to play games. Why should you get to protect them and have them available to you? That's not growing the game. It's not growing the league. It's not doing any of that. Freedom of movement is a big thing, right? Because basically, if you're from outside the LA area, you can't come and be part of an LA Galaxy Academy team because your rights belong to somebody else automatically without doing anything dependent on where you live. And they go through some examples in the athletic. And this is uh, Sam Stashko and Paul Tenorio have the break, have the news on this. Right. But if you look at this and say, okay, well then how do you change this and how do things work differently? And so MLS is going to go to, as they normally do a hybrid system that makes it more complicated than probably it needs to be. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's why ease things up with, you know, when you have Tam and Gam and, allocation and discovery rights. Why make this simple? Yeah, let's and just let everyone go wherever they want. Go ahead and lean into what is actually happening. Yeah. Um, so instead of freedom of movement, you're going to have some freedom of movement for some players. So the new system will be based around a protected list. Uh, this is from uh, Sam and Paul. Uh, MLS teams will be allowed to place up to 54 players on their youth player protected list. That's 45 who play in their academy and nine who aren't in their academy, but who live in their quote-unquote homegrown territory. So there are nine players you're allowed to protect that you don't even have on an academy team. <sighs> so 54 total players, 45 in your academy, nine outside. Now, that's a, that's a far cry, obviously, from 500,000 or a million or however many there are in the L.A. area that the L.A. Galaxy certainly have that. But the bottom line is that if you're outside of those protected list people, then you can see that uh, there is some freedom of movement. Basically, if you're not in an academy, if you're not on a protected list, then you can go somewhere else, right? And Which, and and basically, there is some payment options in here that like whenever you go somewhere else or you do something else, right? So um, let's see, I'm trying to say, uh, players who are rostered to a club's academy but are not on their protected lists can move to another club's academy and eventually sign homegrown deals with the club's first team but the players' new clubs will have to pay their old clubs a set amount. So you have 45 people on a list, but there's you have other you have hundreds of kids in an academy. Well, if one of those kids in the academy who's not on one of the protected lists goes somewhere else, right? Then you can then there is a set amount if those people eventually try to sign a homegrown 
uh, thing. And it's non-negotiable. These things are already set. So it's not like you can say, well, this guy's really good. So give me $2 million. <laughs> it's like, no, it says you go down to the chart, you look over and you say, here's, here's a hundred thousand dollars that I now owe you for that. And basically it's paying training compensation costs and all those things. Right. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's part of that. Um, the main thing here is that if you're one of those protected people, you can be blocked from being signed on another team and that's not freedom of movement. And with USL right across the street, with a lot of academies and things. Now, um, I, I think it's correct in saying that MLS academies are probably the most well-funded academies in all of the United States, right? In terms of what they do. So you're talking about the best of the best academies are sort of those MLS teams. In most cases, you still have a USL system that you could go join. There's going to be a real option here for kids to be like, do I want to play in complete freedom of movement, which is USL, or do I want to come over and do these different academy things? And academy teams go all the way from, I think, uh, what is it like U14s? I ran into the U14s yeah. at training today, by the way, or the U15s. Hi, guys. It was nice meeting you today. <laughs> um, we were walking, Damien and I were walking out. And we're like, he goes, these are my U15 boys right here. I'm like, you guys are U15s? And they're like, yeah. And Damien goes, when's your next game? They're like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like in a week and a half. And we're like, and they're like, where is it? And they're like, and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, Damien, they just, their mom tells them where to go. Like they don't <laughs> they have, just, this isn't, they just show up. <laughs> they yeah. just show up the whole deal. <laughs> but those are the different things that you sort of have to take a look at. So this is changing. The rosters apparently were already due in terms of how many players are supposed to be protecting. And then they'll so get happening like yesterday. That happened yesterday. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, the No, I'm saying like this isn't something that's coming down the pipeline. This is something that is teams effective. Teams must submit homegrown protected lists by Tuesday, August 23rd. It's the 25th, so it was two yeah. days ago, right? And <laughs> then times. they said basically they'll be able to update that every couple of months. So I think the next update's in January. So this is the new homegrown thing does it does it matter i mean is this better is it worse it feels like it was it's still protectionist and that's what they say in the article it's still protectionist while being like at least feigning some openness right yeah i, I think i think at the end of the day it, i understand the spirit of it it feels very much to me like what's happening with the name image license with the ncaa where players now you know there's not those restrictions they can go where they want they can you know, get their endorsements however they see fit. And this freedom of player movement, just saying, okay, this person lives in your area, they're yours. Right. I can see where that's frustrating. It's now on the clubs to find those 45 players. Because if a player is not on that list and then they want to go somewhere else and someone else say, hey, you guys totally missed this diamond in the rough that was, you know, playing somewhere else and you guys didn't uncover them in your academy, we're going to take them. Uh, that's totally fair because that's now on the onus of whatever the homegrown club is to find that player and develop them and make them yours. So if another club outside wants to come in and discover them, I say that's fair game. And I think right. to that point, the Galaxy should be able to do that as well. If they want to go into other markets and kind of say, hey, do you try to entice players to to, to come to the Galaxy or uncover? You know, if they their scouting network for the first team isn't <laughs> setting the world on fire, I don't know how their academy scouting system is. Doing better. But in yes. theory, in theory, the Galaxy should be able to market themselves. I think this benefits them as being like a marquee location to maybe attract some of those players. So I could see this being a benefit. I understand where they're coming from. But the restrictions on that player list, that's where it becomes unfortunate because we've seen this issue with players in the academy before getting those Galaxy 2 contracts who they just walk away and there's no compensation you know, for the, for the club. And so I can understand them wanting to be compensated for it and not letting those players go away without the club retaining those first rights of refusal. Um, 
so so I, I feel like a hybrid works. <laughs> there's going to be those rare cases where there's that one person on the list who wants to go and then the club is holding them back or, or someone who, you know, gets discovered from another club and they say, well, we actually had our eyes on this guy, but they snuck in. And so you're going to have those rare occurrences. But I think I think in general, it'll work itself out. The, the talent, the cream will rise to the top. If you are talented and you're in the system, you'll, you'll probably end up. Uh, on some of these lists and, and attracted by somebody at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think you're right. I think there definitely can be something, um, you know, that comes out of this. We'll see if it's, it's good or it's bad or it's indifferent or anything else. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, this is just more MLS rules, but expect that you're going to hear more about these rules as they go into effect and how they affect people and, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, get to some more uh, super chats, by the way. Gary gave us a five dollar super chat. Thank you for that. Uh, Herb, by the way, uh, Sugar Daddy Herb, uh, Herb, <laughs> Herb All Life. I'm pretty sure that's what it, that's what it's coming down. You know, the new sponsorship came in and all of a sudden we're starting to get more money. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe there's a connection. Uh, Herb gave us a twenty dollar super chat. It says, "Hey Josh, hey Hammer, as promised, the, I, I promised the Hammer a super chat for his Ricky Martin joke." Uh, by the way, will Hammer shirt jersey be available for purchase anytime soon? I need to check back in because we were working on that and then it fell off to the sideline. So I have to talk to the guys over at Soccer Warehouse. Uh, maybe if they're listening, they can they can help out. And so I'll try to DM them and find out. But we were going to make them for sale. So we were working on it. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that, Herb. And I'd like that that's on the record that my tweet now earned us uh, $20 here at Corner of the Galaxy. So for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter or not on Instagram and missed that joke, I said that the LA Galaxy are currently living La Vida Loca because their season now rests on the hopes of Ricky and Martin. Or oh. Ricky Martin. Oh, wow. Ricky Martin. So wow. again, it was a cheap joke. It was an easy joke, but it just it just hit right in tweet form. So I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Her, you know, on Twitter said, I'm hitting the super chat and right. then backed it up in super chat. So big shout out to you, Herb. Appreciate you as always. And then Gary as well from the previous super chat. So good times. My tweeting's bringing in money, Josh. I know. How much of that have you seen? Zero. Zero. Okay. It's all going to the trains. That's I, I see you. You got these designer conductor caps and Dude. train whistles. I don't yeah. think I don't see what's going on. Yeah, it is. I got. I did. Buy, I did have to buy a whistle. I'm taking my conductor's test on Saturday. You have to have a whistle when you're a conductor. Apparently, very, very. This is a very professional club. <laughs> I would like to point out. Um, uh, yeah, good times. Good times. Uh, oh, I wanted to get to um, to not only uh, Caceres joining, but let's let's jump to that a little bit um, in terms of uh, I, I wanted to get to the youth side of it first before we sort of jump into the other things. Uh, Tom Bogert reporting that U.S. youth international midfielder Paolo uh, Rudisil is on trial at Dutch club Feyenoord uh, per sources. Uh, Rudisil 16 is a star in the LA Galaxy Academy, winning MLS Next U15 Golden Ball. Uh, Feyenoord CEO, obviously, is a good friend of the show, Dennis DeClosa, uh, previous so GM. Say, does does the, he have ties to the Academy? How'd this work out? Yeah, this is, uh, this. He apparently is a highly rated talent over there training with uh, Feyenoord. I actually uh, tried to reach out to Dennis. Um, I'm sure I'll get hear from him eventually. He's usually, uh, whenever he doesn't talk, it means he's busy. Um, so that's, that's not a problem. But uh, just to find out what, I mean, this is if you think that Dennis DeClosa doesn't know every single player on the LA Galaxy Academy that was here whenever he was there. If you if you don't think that he doesn't know every single LA Galaxy player from top to bottom and that he scouted them and that he knows them and that he looked all across MLS and did a whole thing. He I think they signed uh, Cole Bassett. Uh, Feyenoord yeah, did and immediately I think, as, as yeah. soon as DTK had the role there. Yeah. Cole Bassett was already on the plane. Yeah. Ready to go. So and I DTK, think I, no, he likes what he likes. Right. Yeah. I, I think they loaned him out um, because that's what they see sort of as, as his progression. But that was on purpose. They were like, this is the guy that we want. And, you know, that's Dennis. Uh, that's Dennis working things. So uh, Dennis to close pulling that now. 
the LA Galaxy. I will say, yeah, sorry, on. before you move on, there was a video of Tata Martino at Feyenoord, and then he was talking to Dennis, and there was something about just seeing him on video. I was like, ah, there's Dennis. I miss Dennis. It was yeah. like like seeing an old flame. I was like, huh, remember, I remember the good times, so. Shout out to Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. Best of luck to him. De- Dennis, Dennis <laughs> knows what's going on. Um, I'm sure if you're an LA Galaxy fan, just send a you know a, a tweet to or, or an Instagram message to Dennis and go visit him in Feyenoord. I'm sure he'd be happy to have you. <laughs> he'll house uh, everybody. Right? Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think they'll he'll let him in their house, but you know he'll be like, come to a game. You know, I'm not saying he's going to pay for your ticket, but again, like all these things, Dennis is very well aware of what his his legacy sort of is in Los Angeles. So. Um, it's, it's, it's a super interesting little take and to watch him be successful at Feyenoord is pretty good. Um, $5 super chat from Gabriel, by the way, uh, don't undersell your corny jokes, hammer. They are thoroughly appreciated living la vida loca. There you go. Yeah. I, you're, you're, you're keeping, keeping tally of, of again, all. this is a visual, visual joke. So again, it doesn't work when you have the, uh, the other thing up there, but Just, yeah, I'm now oh, up to 20, oh, oh, 25, now up to $25, $25, my, uh, my joke there. Thank good. you. That's good. That's just the energy that I'm <laughs> using updating, right now uh, yeah. in California because we're <laughs> updating the ledger. We're still in peak right now and I have all my lights on and my air conditioner was on for a little while. So yeah, there's, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm using $25 worth of, uh, uh electricity right now. I've just, <laughs> Uh, oh. wanted to admit that. No, no, it's fine. I was, I was just <laughs> clicking buttons. Don't worry. Yeah, this is why you got the magic of the live show. Uh, the LA galaxy did acquire, of course, um, on, uh, was that just yesterday? It was just yesterday, the uh, August 24th. So, uh, today is Thursday. Yesterday is Wednesday. Um, so on Wednesday morning, the LA galaxy announced they acquired a 2022 international uh, roster slot from the Chicago fire in exchange for general allocation money. It was $50,000 in general allocation money, I believe. Yeah, and, and people were saying, "Oh, that was a good price," but you think there's only nine games left in the season, so you you have to almost prorate that. Almost, and then, but also, we're at the point here where it's not going to matter. We'll explain it. It's all yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, the long rumored signing, and I think I mentioned on Monday that I had been told that this was basically going to happen and everything was going to go. Uh, but Martin uh, Caseras, thirty uh, five year old defender uh, who was without a team, he's uh, on the uh, Uruguayan national team and is expected to go to the World Cup. Um, still very good player for them. Uh, plays right back for them. Can also play some center back. We'll talk about that. But he has signed with the LA Galaxy now. Some of the things we found out about his contract. Uh, Kevin uh, Baxter had the the official uh, sort of tweet on this, which was he's not a TAM player. And why does that matter? Because we can kind of figure out like the max amount of money that he will then be making. There's two factors that come into this. One is that the max salary, the max budget charge you can have for a player who's not a TAM player, not a designated player is 612,500. That's the number. It's going to go up next year. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to forget that number, but it's been this way for a couple of years uh, because of the pandemic, but 612,500 is the max. So we can do simple math here, Eric, take 612,500 divided by 34 because there's 34 games, right? And then multiply that number by nine because there's nine games left and the absolute maximum amount of money if the LA Galaxy even had a max TAM spot available would be $162,132. That's the maximum. I don't think they had anything near the maximum. I'm guessing that for these last nine games and if you prorated out and how much they're going, he's probably making maybe a little more than half of that. So 90 to 100, 150 maybe, maybe that makes some sense. But the other thing that Greg Vanny said whenever we talked to him at a press conference, and we'll talk about his press conference with Martin and everybody else, 
um, was he goes because uh, Damien Calhoun asked him, he goes, well, you brought in three pieces. He goes, is this it? Are you done? And Vanny joked and he goes, he goes, we're out of roster spots. I'm pretty sure we're out of cash. You know, <laughs> the whole deal. He goes, yes, we're done. That's it. And there's <laughs> and there's no more movement there. So yeah. this is why this doesn't matter. There's two reasons. One is that it's a one year contract. One year. It is. Yeah, it is even. like a three it's, month it's a contract. contract. Yeah, it's a yeah. nine game contract uh, plus the playoffs if, when the Galaxy make the playoffs, speaking positively, uh, plus the playoffs. Uh, and then uh, there's a team option. There's a club option. So you are not connected to him through any longer than basically the end of the year. But there's something important about that, too. They're connected with him until after the World Cup. If he plays really well in the World Cup, you have a club option for him, Eric, that you can then re-sign him. And I would imagine on not a super large amount of money either, because we usually average... Um, all these different years through in order to get an average salary so we can do it. Yeah. Sometimes those option years are counted in that. So that's why it doesn't matter. Like this is, yeah. this is, this is a great deal. This was yeah. a perfect move by the galaxy. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like, it's rent to own. It's like, we're good. We're taking it for a test drive. Then if you like it, you hold on to it. And if not, you're not tied to it and you let it go. And so the, one of the funny things that I keep seeing pop up in the chat is a pronunciation of his name. They're like, it's pronounced, Caceres, and then they just spell it out, saying it's pronounced and then typing it out. That's not going to help Josh. That's not going to help me. <laughs> it, I can tell you that the the accent is over uh, the I in Martin, and then the A in Caceres. Or oh. I, I think I'm saying that right. But know. again, you're going to mess it up, Mister Golasso. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, absolutely, 100. percent I will. <laughs> but you you know who we're talking about right. at the end of the night. We're not, and we're not calling him something totally different. Uh, and the other just kind of fundicides is, you know, someone said that he, on Twitter, and I remember they said, he looks, if you squint your eyes, he kind of looks like Legit's long-lost brother. Sebastian Legit, like, is the guy who, you know, went to the nice prep school. And right. then, you know, Martin is maybe a guy who had a little bit of a rougher life. But the, the resemblance is there. And so that's kind of a funny, and then someone else said he looks like, uh, you know, he's from Glendale. So I, he does kind of have that look, like he could sell you a cell phone, you know, Sony Guts ty type of deal there. So I see that too. But on the serious side, again, that's why the chat's on fire. Yes. On the serious side, at the very beginning of the show where I was damning the LA galaxy for not having the winning mentality, not being winners. Caceres has that. He's a guy who is proven, you know, talk about a, a journeyman and the number of clubs he's played for. He's played for a lot of clubs, has a lot of experience, especially on the international stage. He is a stalwart for Uruguay. I don't think he's in the starting mix, but he's someone who he continues. Will, he to will get probably play. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's in those call-ups because of his involvement with the team and how important he is. He, he's, he's someone who has that hunger, has that fight. He's someone who that experience I think is going to be valuable. You know, I, it's way too early to make this comparison, but someone like an Ashley Cole, who's going to come in with just years and years of experience. And that's just going to, that's going to push him so much farther than whatever knocks there are on the age or physicality, because this is a guy who just, he know he knows the game so well. He's, He's a, you know, has a great history of being a great player. Best years are behind him. Absolutely. But there's still value in bringing in a player like him. Uh, Greg Vanny said it during the season ticket members. He said it to us today at training. I was at training today. So he said it to us at training. Uh, he said uh, basically that he wanted to bring in somebody who had some grit, right? Who had some, um, some, some fire behind him and the experience, yeah. you know, asking what, what Martin brings to this, it, it is those things, the experience, the grit, the ability to play. And Greg goes, he's comfortable playing in a back four. And I said, he can play center back, right back. He goes, yes, center back, right back. He goes, he can play right center back. He can play left center back. He can play in a three man back line. He can play in a five man back line. He can play in a four man back line, right? He's like, 
he has all the experience and I, and Greg says, I talked to him and he said, I'm comfortable in all those. It doesn't matter. Like just yeah. whatever you want to do. Just, just roll the, I'll, I'll, I'll find the ball or I'll, I'll find the, the attacker. Yeah. He, he seems like that type of guy. I think it's important to note as well that I expect him to play down the stretch too. Now we are waiting on visa confirmations. Greg said that, uh, that, uh, Caceres is, is doing a different, um, uh, it has a different visa priority than what uh ricky had right so okay. uh ricky had this one where he had to go back out remember we and we've talked about this before yeah. where guys sometimes have to go back out of the country and then come back in um and right now they're saying that uh that with martin he doesn't need to do that that all they're waiting for is approval so he's going to probably travel with the team yeah. right and he's oh. going to go and like and you need to because we're at nine games and if you miss sunday and you miss wednesday now you're at seven games right yeah not a lot of time left and when you look at how many clubs he's been at and where he's played i bet you he has whatever fast pass on a visa and travel <laughs> that, that makes sense you know to maybe why he already has some of that paperwork and the funny thing you know with, with ricky is when he came to the team it's like oh wait for him to get here wait for things to clear it felt like okay casetas happened that was last week and like he's he's there he's, he's been there, there. he's yeah. at the club He's, he's in the gear like you could tell he's probably ready to go. I doubt he makes the road trip, but uh, but it, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if, you know, he travels with the team and they miraculously somehow have him ready to go. The, the one thing I'll ask you, have, have you asked questions about does this mean any play? I speculated last week. Right. Is anyone on the way out? Is that why he's here? No, um, okay. nobody's on the way out. Ask Greg specifically about Julian Rajo, because that's the one that we anticipated would be moved if if um, Caceres came in. Right. And what I what I this is my exact question. Let me see. Uh, there's been rumors about Julian Araujo, Greg. Um, is uh, is he going anywhere or is he here with you until the end of the year at least? And he goes, he goes, uh, he said, basically, uh, there's uh, it would do us. no. He's here for the end of the year. He goes, there's uh, it would not do us any good in the short term right now to move him. He like basically it would hurt us the short term to move him right now. And so. Uh, somebody else followed up and said, but if you had to move Julian, like if there was an offer that came in that was so big you couldn't refuse, you know, could uh, could Caceres fit in for, for Rajo? And he's like, yes, if there was an offer so big that we couldn't refuse it, that we'd have to take it, then yes, Martin could come in and cover for that. So right back, center back, um, sort of in those different places. But Greg was very sure. Two things. They're done. They're not bringing in any more people. They don't have any more roster spots. They don't have any more cash. Um, and that Julian Rajo was staying at least through the wintertime. Now, people have said, Oh, well, I think he's going to stay all the way through next year. I do not believe that right now. I think the winter time and especially and Greg pointed out Julian's trying to get to a World Cup, too, right? Because he was yeah. just talking about Martin trying to get to a World mm -hmm. Cup. And that was one of the reasons the reasons the Caceres came to the L.A. Galaxy is he felt like he could stay in shape and he could do what he needed to do and be visible enough to be selected again for Uruguay, be able to go to cut to Qatar um, and then possibly um, maybe even stay with the Galaxy after that. But the fact that the Galaxy have control of Caceres after the World Cup. So let's say he goes in the World Cup, Eric, and you're right. Maybe he doesn't start, right? But he comes on. He has some good showings, that type of thing. That one ratchets up his value if perhaps you wanted to sign and then like transfer him in one way. Or the other thing is that you could get him coming off of a World Cup after that and keep him in your defensive uh, lineup for next year. And if you have the option, that price is probably already set, so you can just lock it in. There and, it is. Be good to go. Yeah. Right. And so you could do that. So again, the, the Caceres thing, there should be nobody upset. And I know there's people who cringe and go 35 years old and they hold their chest like that's somebody who should be dead. Uh, you and, must, and, it must be a 27 year old who's saying that, right? I mean, it can't the, be a 35 year old who's saying, well, that guy's too old. Right. And I think goalkeepers and defenders, there's a different, 
different age bracket. And Zlatan is the one exception to right. this. Right. But like a 31-year-old Chicharito and a 35-year-old <laughs> Caceres, I think they're, they're about the same. They're about they're the same. Yeah, yeah it's, right. it's, it's, not, it's not a, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's that much further or that much down the end of the hill. Defenders age gracefully. They do. And I certainly think I think center backs even more so. Right. And um, asked what he could bring. And he said, really, it was my physical uh, physicalness to the to the uh, to the club. And then also uh, his experience. And he knows he's there for his experience. Yeah. Um, Greg said something about solving problems on the field, or maybe it was Chicharita saying talking about solving problems on the field. He goes, listen, he goes, that's what's great about soccer. This was Chicha. He says, that's what's great about soccer is we train. We put ourselves in these positions. We know what formations we should be in. We know where we're supposed to be. He goes, but then the stuff that we train on, it isn't always perfect, right? They do something, and then we have to adjust. And we do something, and then they have to adjust, right? Um, and so... so it's improvisers. It's the, the best soccer players are right. improvisers. And I think that goes back to my comment. Like I was saying, it's all between the ears it, on paper, the talent that the galaxy have probably shouldn't be in seventh place. Right. But whatever's going on between the ears, that's what, uh, that's what's holding them back. And I think what, uh, what a Chicharito said kind of, uh, exemplifies that. I don't know if you want to finish the text or if you want me to keep going. No, it's, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's just funny. I, I would like you to know that, that perhaps, uh, Vicky Mercado, who, who is in charge of, uh, of, uh, PR for the LA galaxy may be listening to the show. So hi Vicky. It's nice to see you. <laughs> she also is correcting me on my pronunciation during this. So was I, I just close. Like, Can you ask her if I was close? Um, I feel like I probably wasn't, but I felt good about it. I said it confidently. Like, I like to look good in front of Vicky. Like part of me really <laughs> wants to play this audio message that she put on here without listening to it first. But I'm afraid she's no, she is call. a wonderful no. person. But I'm just afraid there might be something on there that she didn't want me to share with everybody. So if Fair she enough. is so so it is she says emphasis on the ka, not the seres. So caseres yeah, caseres. Casares. Yeah, sure. Martin Casares. <laughs> How's that, Vicky? You can you can send me a text and let me know. <laughs> they'll be great. Yeah, they'll, yeah we'll, <laughs> something else will be happening there. We'll, the, the last thing that I was going to say is in the chat, people are dropping, you know, bring Cavani, you know, sign other Uruguayan players now with Brugman, now with Casares. Uh, you know, you bring these guys in. And that's something that is invaluable. It happened when uh, GBS was here, the Argentine players, and, you know, that being an attraction when you have an Argentine hero playing, you know, coaching the club. It now becomes a destination. Don't discount that. You know, when you have Caceres and you have Brugman, you say, right. oh, these Uruguayan players are finding, you know, spots in MLS and you see it across the league as well. Uh, you know, maybe that's a destination where young talent will yeah. now want to come here. You know, this is someone, take it from someone who is now the number one lead supporter, you know, with all the Americans they have. And I was a Wolves supporter with all their Portuguese connection. So th that's a real thing. So, you know, zeroing in on a market, there's value to that. Uh, uh, Casero said, I'm, I'm trying. This is hard because <laughs> now, I, we're too, now we're, now in, we're in it. Yeah. yeah, I know. This is usually I do this like driving home from work where I start, say somebody's name over and over again to get it like really sort of embedded and, and try to figure it out. So we are not in that spot right now. Um, but Martin said today, um, that they asked him about, you know, sort of the Uruguayan connection and whether or not Luis Suarez would be coming in, right? They, they were, that was one of the questions. Um, one of the things he said was he had just met Gaston in the locker room whenever he came in, but obviously, you know, they get along. He goes, but he did know Douglas Costa because they played at Juventus together, right? And so he was like, so it's nice to see him again and, and sort of do that. And he said everybody was very welcoming, all those types of things. So, um, yeah, that's sort of where we're... Um, <laughs> And again, they bring back polenta. I forgot polenta was also Uruguayan. So I don't know what's in the water in Uruguay, but when you talk about that grit, that hunger, that fire, that, you know, it's something. That's a market that we want to target. M Martin, bring, bring them all. Give me all the Uruguayans. So standing next to Martin, 
he seems like a real dude, like a real footballer. And guy. It, it's, he's, a, he's a dude. He's, it's, he's it's, a guy. It's so weird because you stand next to Ricky and you're like, oh, look at this little kid. And that's not a knock on him. He's just a small guy. Right. Like and he's not. And, and he seems really young and he looks younger than his age and all these other things. Right. And so you do that. Um, remember whenever I told you, I, I think I met uh, Gaston Brugman and you're sitting there with Brugman and you're like, you're like, that dude can play like you can just you sense it whenever you're right next to him. You're like, oh, these guys, these guys, the Uruguayans seem to have that in space. Yeah. yeah, they have an it thing, which is uh, which is a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great for the galaxy. I really like it. So with Martin, that was that was good. And, yeah. Uh, and I was going to say, and the Mate is back. We, we were <laughs> with the Argentines gone. The Mate boys were gone. Now we're, we're getting more Mate boys. I think there's there's a there's a scientific you know, method here. When you have enough guys who drink mate before the games, something the, the magic happens. The magic happens. Well, good. Yeah. The magic needs to happen. Again, waiting on visa. Uh, literally, all it takes is an approval. So he could literally get the approval while they're flying to New England for Sunday. They could get it whenever he's going to Toronto. They could get it, you know, for the next game versus SKC. I think it's. I think it happens in this next week. Um, so expect that. Greg seemed to be. He wasn't like this. Wasn't like he's optimistic about it. He's just like it absolutely could come before we play against New England. Or it could come before we get as strong. He doesn't know, right? And it's the government. They've already turned everything in. The paperwork is there. So um, that's where that's where we sort of sit with uh, with Martin. Anything else on Martin? Because I want to get to some of the other no. things that uh, if said. the visa paperwork doesn't come, I see we storm the capital. We make we make things happen. We work, we show our unrest with with the way the situation's going. You know, Greg. Too, you know, too far. Yeah, too far. Um, okay. You know, Greg Vanny was uh, had his introductory press conference on January sixth. Yeah. While okay. <laughs> while the Capitol was being invaded. Yeah, we we recovered that. So yeah, good, good times. Time. Good times. Moving on. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, just what else he said in that. One of the big things that came out was Greg Vanny announced that that Johnny Perez had surgery. Um, so Johnny Perez will be out for the rest of the year. So if you're a big Johnny Perez fan, which I believe this podcast is a Johnny Perez fan podcast, um, he is out for the rest of the year. He had, I, I believe it's the knee injury and he ended up having surgery and he'll be out for the rest of the year. So that was something that Greg Vanny was talking about. Um, Vanny also talking about the road trip um, and going on the road trip. And I sort of said, hey, you guys have nine games left. You're going on this two game road trip. I go, is it a chance for you guys to come together and sort of figure it out? And he said, yeah, you could look at it that way. He goes, but more, he goes, I think it's a chance for us to like go out there and like be gritty and be like hard to play against. He talked about the New England game. He said, every time I play New England, it's a hard game. It doesn't matter what form New England is in. He goes, you're playing on the turf. He goes, that game never plays as fast as you want it to. He goes, it's not going to be beautiful football, beautiful soccer. He goes, and you shouldn't expect it to be. And he said, I told the guys today, don't expect that to be. He goes, now there may be moments where we can play some nice soccers and we can do some nice things. He goes, and we need to take advantage of those moments, but don't expect that this game is going to be easy. Don't expect that this game is going to be pretty. Uh, you go there and you grind out results. And he goes, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to these next two games of grinding out results against two teams that absolutely want the points as much as we want the points. And there's some there's some momentum in that, I think, that he thinks he can grab. And he talked about his 2019 team. Was it 2019? Was the... Was the uh uh, I believe trouble? it was. Yeah. No. Like I, well, no, it wasn't the trouble. It was, it was, it was the, it was the year they went to the finals and I think they lost. Right. But basically, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was 2019. Yeah. So he was talking about, he goes in 2019 that happened to us. He goes, we were a very mediocre team for most of the year. He goes in the last 10 games, we figured it out. He goes, and then we took that momentum. We ran it all the way to, you know, towards an MLS cup. He, 
he's a, he's an optimist. He's going to believe that. I don't think anybody believes that how the galaxy are playing right now that that's that can happen. But I'm saying don't discount that, that if you get a couple, even if they're lucky, you get the ball to bounce your way, you get some things to go, you steal a win on the road, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, we can, we can beat anybody if they start believing. And you talked about it, right? The, this yeah. culture of losing, right? If you start to win, all of a sudden things happen. Um, not saying that's what's going to happen, but Greg Vanny was cautioning yeah. us to say it well, could happen. And And that's the frustrating thing with this team and what we've been doing all season is you see it, you see the sparks, but you just don't see the full 90 minutes. You don't see the dominant five game run, you know, the six, seven game run. And that that's the frustrating thing because you see there's glimpses in there, but they just don't seem to have, you know, the magic to make it all the way through. So I can see what Greg is saying, kind of like we were talking about with pro referees having a point of emphasis. His point of emphasis for the next few games is I want to see some fight. I want to see I want to see you grind out these games because they're going to be you know, difficult games, but he also, that also feels or sounds to me like he's got nothing to lose because these are East coast games and they're probably not going to impact, you know, their Western conference standings too much that, Hey, go out there. Let's, let's try something different. This could be an opportunity to try something different because it's not going to have that negative effect. And just the final point to go back to Johnny Perez, just wishing him speedy recovery. You know, he had that breakout game against Chivas and it's like, Oh, you know, maybe he'll start to get some minutes, a lot of promise with that young kid. So hopefully he heals up and gets back. We can't have nice things. Saldana finally gets back, gets back on the field and then Perez gets hurt. So, you know, we, a lot of young, you know, talent on this team, you want to see them get minutes, get their shine, but you want them to be healthy as well. So that's unfortunate to hear about Perez because he seems like he's on the cusp uh, of having a moment soon with the LA Galaxy. Yeah, it feels that way. You, you, and he's a guy you want to root for. Like he's, he's easy to root for. You're like, I, I like that kid. Um, again, from my position covering the team for as long as I want Galaxy players to be successful because it's it's better, um, uh, it, it's 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 more entertaining. I like seeing guys succeed. It is fun to watch, and I go watch a lot of live soccer, so I would rather have things fun to watch than not fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't been the case so far. Uh, by the way, Vicky says that uh, I say Martin perfectly, um, but that I need to work on my Caseras. Fair enough. We'll, we'll work on it. Vicky. So just call him Martin. Martin. Yeah, that's solved. what we're doing with Ricky because I'm <laughs> I'm done with that last name too. Um, so anyway, so, so we got that, uh, by the way, uh, just looking at, um, at the schedule coming up and what is going to happen for that schedule. This schedule is legit ridiculous. I'm just throwing it out there. I actually have every day of sort of, of how they're going to go about. So, uh, the LA galaxy was Thursday. We had media availability. Uh, I saw the galaxy training. I can tell you that, uh, Greg was vocal because we can't really watch, but you can hear him. Uh, and he was talking about presses and he was talking about how he wants the team to look and how he wants to. And at one point he was working on this was all tactical, right, Eric? So you had like 11 v 11 full field, but it was tact. They were working at like a specific thing breaking out of the back or something like that. I don't know what it was because I couldn't see it. But you heard Greg like get angry and he goes and he was like, if we can't win the ball, what are we doing? Like you did everything perfect. You got everybody in the position and then you didn't win the ball. He's like, you can't have that. He goes, I would rather it not look like that. Right. And so again, we don't so often don't get to see that so often we don't get to hear it because the galaxy aren't going to clip that and, and be like, Oh, well, yeah, because that's, it, not, a, that's right? not a motivational, yeah, no raw, raw type of clip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear you. No, but to think that they don't work on these things is also a completely false narrative. And I always want to push back on, they work on stuff every, they were out there forever today. Um, which again, okay, good. 
like they should be because tomorrow is not going to be a difficult day. So uh, tomorrow, basically, here's your here's your complete schedule all the way through coming back from Toronto. OK, the L.A. Galaxy will leave on Friday. Now, I imagine that they're going to probably do um, some training in the morning. In fact, I think I was told that they're going to train in the morning and then in the afternoon, they're going to leave and head to head to New England. So they will fly all the way across the country and land in Massachusetts um, and make their way out to Foxborough Stadium or wherever they're staying on Saturday morning. They will train in, in, in New England. Right. And so that's that's something that they will they will do there. And then the game is on Sunday. They will not leave for Toronto. They are going to stay in Massachusetts. They're going to regen on Monday morning and then Monday afternoon. They're going to take off and head to Toronto. OK, short, shortish flight, I imagine. I think it's like an hour and a half. It feels like an hour and a half, yeah, two hours. I was going to say right? everything on the East Coast is a lot closer than we realize. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be like 45 minutes. Like it could be one of those. I don't actually know. I didn't check. So it, it was one of those. Somebody in the chat room can tell me how long the, the flight is between um, between Boston and uh, Toronto. Uh, fun, fun story. I did land at the waterfront in Toronto before. Just FYI, gorgeous, gorgeous little airport on the uh, on the lake out front. Um, so that one is, hour, 44 minutes, one hour and 44 minutes longer than I thought it was. Yeah. But, well, but Toronto's further North than maybe we realized. Yeah, too. You know, it's, it's that, it's that Mercator projection, right? It's, it messes sure. with things above the equator. All right. Come on. Okay. Mr. Trains. Don't you first you flex <laughs> That was not trains. a train thing. That was a, and that then was a plane the aeronautical. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, I'm a Jack of many trades or a Jack of something. Yeah. Um, so that's what, so Monday they regen. Uh, Monday afternoon, they traveled to Toronto again, an hour and 44 minutes, uh, Tuesday, they will train in Toronto. Wednesday's the game. All right. Thursday morning. They, so they stay in Toronto after the game on Wednesday, Thursday morning, they will regen and then they'll fly out on Thursday. So they should be back about Thursday afternoon. Then they have another game on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's that game on, on Tuesday and we're, we're going to preview the new England game, but it feels to me like you throw the kitchen sink at the New England game and we'll talk about strategy and all that moving forward because that that's such a quick turnaround and being away and that and going away to a difficult opponent in Toronto that seems like the game where you you know throw something funky out there and hope for the grit and something to, to make it happen but maybe you your true game plan on on how you want to attack things and execute you you throw that at New England roll the dice at Toronto and then just get home safely without injury yeah. Um, Knock on wood. Yeah, I was going to say this. This gets <laughs> this gets quick real fast. And also, this is one of those things. If Martin can't play, then you're going to miss him like for two games immediately if you can't yeah. get him that. And then if he's going to be ready for a Sporting Kansas City, that's three games. So now you have him for six games. These things matter. And for by the way, I don't know that I said this in my mind. Listening to Greg talk today, he's he expects him to play. Right. He's probably on the plane. And then just if if it happens, it happens. If not, well, but, he'll but, be ready. But like uh, some people think that Martin is just a depth piece. I do not believe that he will start as soon as he is ready, yeah. even though he hasn't played a whole bunch and he hasn't played, I think, a real game for the last three or four months. Um, it's sort of like he's ready to go. He's th- he, he has the experience. You don't need to worry about it. Put him in. Let him figure it out while he's out there. It's one of those. And that's that's sort of where the galaxy you're going to have to do. He's there to solve problems. So as long as he's in shape enough to help solve those problems, that's what you want him to do. And that's what he needs to do. Galaxy in the last 13 games are averaging two goals, give, uh, giving up two goals per game. That's too yeah. many, right? You can't have that. So um, as we look towards this game and let's get into the game now, because I think we've covered all the bases of things that I sort of wanted to cover. Um, let's get to the New England Revolution, the LA Galaxy coming up on August 28th. That's a Sunday, 5 p.m., 5.08 p.m. is your kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet and LAGalaxy.com. You can look at uh, uh, this game. It'll be at Gillette Stadium, which is a turf 
Field, FYI, in case you didn't know, everybody should know that. But Foxborough is a, uh, is, is it still Foxborough? Is it like Gillette Stadium at Foxborough? Is that like yeah, one of those sure. weird things? Ge- they I did? know it's Gillette Stadium, but yeah, it's, it's in Foxborough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it, they think, I don't know. I don't know enough about New York. Yeah. I was going to talk out of my, my rear end, but I decided you decided say, to let it go. I don't know. That, that was something new. That's something new for <laughs> it's us. It's a football stadium. Yeah. It's the home of the New England Patriots. There That's you what go. you need to know. Um, so when we look at the standings and we sort of compare Eastern Conference and Western Conference and you look at New England, they sit in eighth with 34 points. We can easily go over to the LA Galaxy, who sit in seventh with 34 points, but tied on points with Vancouver and have a tiebreaker there. Nashville just ahead by two points. Uh, Salt Lake City is ahead by four points, so you can't catch them. Um, But this is one of those times where you probably need something. I would not be surprised at all if the LA Galaxy do not get something out of this game, Eric, that they fall back out of the the playoff position because other teams are playing, right? Correct. And then, then there's sort of a game in hand on Wednesday, but there will be other games uh there will be other games on wednesday that walls will get played so how you sort of balance that now that happens we'll see and that's why the galaxy have one or two games in hand depending on who you're looking at it because there are other teams who have been playing midweek games where the galaxy has not in the past few weeks so that's going to even itself out and then obviously the makeup game uh with san jose is going to be the leveler there uh, looking at new england they have 10 draws eight wins eight losses and 10 draws and that's kind of <laughs> the antithesis of the galaxy who don't really draw right they have you know only four draws i believe i think that yeah. draw against seattle was the fourth one um so it's kind of the opposite but that's almost equally as frustrating you know we were with you know a bruce arena team who seemed to draw a bunch of games when they maybe should have won so they seem like they're probably in a little bit of a frustrating mode. The one thing in their last six, they've only lost one. So that's, that's the one thing that they're not in that habit of losing. It's not like they've been on a losing streak, but their last game was a four, nothing loss uh, against Montreal. It was in Montreal. So, you know, maybe that's something to consider, but I, I think, I think points can be taken away at new England. I know you're saying you, you wouldn't be surprised if, if they didn't get points, but I, I think when we look at, teams like Houston on decision day or weird things happen in Dallas, whatever that like bad juju that is for the galaxy, we're that for the new England revolution. For some reason, I remember, you know, games with weird bounces and late goals where the galaxy, you know, walk out of Gillette stadium or Foxborough with points that maybe they didn't deserve. And for some reason we're that team for the New England revolution. And that's in addition to whatever MLS cup, uh, voodoo or magic that the LA Galaxy has hanging over the revs as well. So I, I actually have a better feeling about this game. I think the Galaxy are very capable, <laughs> even though as, as hard as I went in on them at the very beginning with that uh, Seattle loss, I think they could. this could be the makeup game where they steal three points. And if you look at it big picture and say, well, if they won at home against Seattle and drew at New England, you'd be happy with that. So if you drew at home and then won at New England, maybe it's all a wash and you make it work. So I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit optimistic. You know, this is not last year's uh, New England revolution, you know, top of the league, just dominating people. They've had their struggles. The consistency in their lineup isn't there. So I I feel like we can can attack a wounded animal here. But the wild card, as always, is Bruce Arena, Carlos Hill, uh, you know, guys that you absolutely have to worry about. No Sebastian Legette, no Josie Altidore. They have some injuries to some guys as well. So we'll see. Greg was sort of saying, we'll see if they get those guys back and how that sort of affects things. Uh, the Galaxy in New England haven't played in the last three years, though, right? This is the first time since 2019. Uh, last time was the Galaxy hosting New England in 2019. Then uh, that was a 2-1 loss uh, for L.A. But you have to go back to 2018 with the last time the L.A. Galaxy actually played in New England. That was a 3-2 win. 
uh, over to the New England Revolution. This was uh, New England, I believe, is one of the places where Landon Donovan had that one goal that it sort of bounces out to him and he hits it right footed and it yeah. like swerved the around volley. a player. Yeah, the volley that was one of the one of the best goals of uh, LA Galaxy. I think it was a top ten best LA Galaxy goal. Um, still a ridiculous goal, and it looks like maybe it touches a player, but maybe it doesn't too. So it's it's one of those really uh, really fun it things. Looks- that, yeah, it looks like a green screen type yeah, of goal. Yeah. It does. It's a, it's a, it's a goofy <laughs> goal. So um, this is the place for that and, and sort of, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the LA Galaxy do in that. One thing to sort of watch for as well as Sega Koulibaly is once again on Yellow Card Watch. So he's the only LA Galaxy player on Yellow Card Watch. That's uh, That was updated yesterday, so I made sure that this is correct. Um, so should he receive a Yellow Card on Sunday, then he would be suspended for Wednesday's match. By the way, if you're going to have a yellow card suspension, was, like now is the time to get it out of the say, way. Get that yellow against New England. Miss the Toronto game, which I think is going to be a wash anyway. And then you're, you're good to go. You're reset. Uh, the other thing that I will, you know, in my research for the podcast here, uh, looking up, I know the New England Revolution original 96 logo was the last one to die. Yes. Uh, but revolutionsoccer.net. Still active, still active, still going. So the '96 URL is very much alive <laughs> in I, I, New England. There, I still can't believe that RevolutionSoccer.net. Every time I go and have to research for this game, I'm always like, "Yep, it's still there." All right, good. That's <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to check. Just wanted to see how that goes. Um, by the way, chat pointing out: um, AJ Delagarza, Ima Boateng, Omar Gonzalez, all former LA Galaxy players, all yep. playing for New England. Um, Bursarina, obviously there. Um, so there's going to be a lot of connections in these next Familiar two games. Faces. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get the Toronto connection coming. Up with Greg Vanny going back for the first time since he was uh, he was coached there, so that's going to happen against Toronto. And he even said that he doesn't want to talk about it. Like he's like, I'm not there yet. We have a game against New England, then we can talk about Toronto. He goes, but obviously I'm looking forward to going back and seeing people I haven't seen. Right? Like it's one of those. And it's like, okay, nice. cool. That that makes some sense. Uh, we asked. I think Damien asked whether or not. Uh, Greg was going to have any of his family travel with him to, to Toronto. And he goes, all the boys have like games and they have school and they have things that they're prepared for. So that's probably not going to happen. And one other side note at training, uh, Greg Vanny does wear, still wear his kicks. Um, he has, he has actual, he <laughs> wears, told me about this. Yeah. he wears cleats like out on the field whenever he's out there. And he was out on the field directing people like things. So it makes sense for him. And he's a defense, like he's a former player. He's it's yeah. hard for him to break. Right. So I think you left out the most important, what color were the cleats? They were white. White. They were white. And <laughs> yeah, so Nikki was bold. Yeah. That's, you know, a bold move to wear the white cleats. I don't think people know this. We should tell this story. But yes. Nikki K was was out there standing next to me. And she's like, Greg got those nice clean white kicks. And I and I said to Greg, I go, are defenders allowed to wear white ki- white, white cleats, white boots? And he goes, retired ones are. He knows that there is a thing that has happened whenever I was growing up and it, it has it shows been, how old we are. Is it, what it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> soccer shoes used to be basically one color. You could have black ones. And if you, there were very few sort of differences and if it wasn't black, they were probably white. Right. But if you were pl- a player and you played on any sort of team, especially if you were a defender or like a defensive midfielder or that type of thing, if you weren't a flashy player, you couldn't wear the white kicks, right? Like yeah. that's too flashy for, for a defender to wear. And so that's why I said it to Greg and he knows that that sort of thing, but it's just a funny thing. I got made fun of in high school for wearing white cleats as a defender on oh, the outside. Why? That's a bold move. You, I was going to say, you're either a psychopath or you got to have the talent. Center back. To- didn't care. Did not care. <laughs> was like, I don't care. And by the way, it was like they gave you a stick, but it didn't actually matter. It was just one of those things that was fun yeah. to sort of make fun of people for, for that type of thing. So Greg wearing the say, white, the white kicks. Yeah, there's a whole like class discussion. Yeah, If you wear the Copa Mundials or the Puma Kings, like you're that's the grit. You know, Martin Caceres would have worn those back in the day. But, you know, if you wore the, the white Diodora, 
you know, you, you better have that sizzle in the, in the midfield. Otherwise, you're going to get two-footed by the yeah, guy I'll, in the Puma Kings. I was, was going to say you were going to get lit up by somebody <laughs> seeing the white shoes. Well, it, it is a thing. Like before a soccer game, you saw some guy with like bright, and now it's like, oh, the guy with now, the bright well, yellow that's the thing. things. That's why like, it's, we sound like two old men sh- shouting out the clouds because now, you know, <laughs> you know, if it, if it's not neon, no one's wearing them. Right, right, exactly. Everybody has different different colors and, and all sorts of things. So it's a, a totally different thing. Uh, let's get to... Um, I expect, in terms of how the LA Galaxy play, I expect that they are going to bunker. And I expect that there's going to be... Mo- I would not be surprised if you see five in the back. Um, I would not be surprised if you, you sort of... It's a five in the back that converts over to like the wing backs and stuff like that. I would not be surprised because I think the Galaxy are bleeding goals and Greg wants to stop it. And you can get out of these games with draws if you don't allow any goals, right? And you can take your moments and do your things, but... I think there's going to be a change in shape coming. That's that's my opinion based so, off of just how people are talking. So similar to when he went five in the back and then Seattle scored the go ahead goal. Is that that that's the formation that we're yes we're looking forward to? Yes, yes, yes. Correct. <laughs> did they do it right whenever he did, or did, was that was, when they were trying to get guys on the field and they couldn't, and then they no, scored? I think, I think Zavaleta was on the field okay. when when that magic happened. So okay. to me. We've said it all the time. Is this is a counterattacking team? So sitting back, waiting for your moments, and then counterattacking, springing Cabral, springing Grancer, and then finding uh, you know Chicharito at the box. That's that's their bread and butter. That's where this team plays best. So if that's the game plan, you know four defenders, five defenders, they're counterattacking. I think that's where the Galaxy can go to get in there and steal points. The big thing for me, I want to see Puj get the start. Um, I know you were Ricky, talking Ricky, about Ricky, it. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> you were talking about it on Monday. Um, you know. You're big braining us and saying, you know, no, he played well. People were saying he didn't play. I, I didn't, and it was could be just because he came on in a sub and the game was kind of had a weird rhythm. He, I didn't see the magic happening. I could see, you know, the quick feet and a player who is probably going to be good, but I, I wasn't a hundred. You know, I wasn't really impressed. But it also could be just because he didn't get enough minutes. So that's why I want to see him start. I want to see him get in the rhythm of the game. Uh, I, I want to see him impact the game. So I think if you swap, swap him for Vasquez, you know, you get Williams back in there because we know he was missing. Yep. Uh, and I think I think that can be a lineup that that can can work against New England. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think I think I think Ricky. Play, I think Ricky starts. I'm feeling yeah. that again. I don't know, but I, I would feel that Ricky starts. Um, or they're going to go with Victor and let Victor sort of like be the experience on this and set the tone and then let Ricky come in. But for me, I'd rather bring Victor off the bench and do that than uh, than have Ricky because I think Ricky can do some stuff, especially on the turf. Ricky's not going to be afraid of turf. He played on it all the time. Is this is not a not a thing so don't make it a thing all right but you, yeah you know who might be impacted is douglas costa so mm. that, you know at the very beginning they were talking about you know treating him like a, a sports car mm-hmm. he's a guy who maybe with injury concerns you don't trot out on the turf and that's m- maybe not a bad thing i was gonna say i i don't <laughs> i mean i've said it he i the galaxy play better with him on the bench so um i'm, I'm i will see if that that continues that trend but, against new england <laughs> and but his best spot for the galaxy is coming off the bench and creating a spark starting he doesn't he doesn't have that same magic i can see it uh williams should be back uh greg said that they that to his knowledge because we asked uh damien said is there anybody else who's out or missing or anything any injuries or stuff like that and he was like uh and he was thinking he goes i think we're good um the other thing that we are watching is uh vaccinated players because they're headed to toronto and whenever they go across, whether or not anybody will be left behind in Massachusetts because they are not vaccinated. As of right now, preliminary information suggests that no starters 
will be left behind in that. So there isn't necessarily, and that basically anybody in the 18 should be fine. The normal 18 should be fine. Now, could it be somebody down the ranks and different things? Could be, but as of right now, when we ask the Galaxy to follow up on that, because it will be interesting to see after the New England game if anybody doesn't travel with the team to go to Toronto. So Yeah, I know we, we saw some baseball teams where they, they were, their rosters were majorly affected by going into it. We had, we had a, a super chat oh, we did? a little while did back. Did I miss it? Missed. Mike Gray says if, if you want to go to the striker, you can use the code gray area and get 30% off of a subscription to the striker. So, you know, Mike wants to says he do it so Mike can afford his bougie lifestyle. That's, so that's a good, that's a good go. promo. You get a discount. That's Why a good not? Promo. Yeah, that's absolutely sorry. Um, and, and Eric of course saves the show while I'm busy, uh, texting <laughs> and, and doing other things. So that's I what I'm here that. for. Uh, I run let, cover. Let's go to 538. Take a look at 538 a little bit about what they're saying about the LA galaxy. Really interesting in terms of the good, like, so they rank this chart as we look at it as like in, in terms of how good they think the team is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can go down this and say, okay, the LA galaxy are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, the eighth best team in major league soccer, according <laughs> to, um, five thirty eight. And then you go over and you look at the playoff chances and the galaxy are like one of the better teams that has the worst chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So 66% chance right now of making the playoffs, according to 538. They're expecting them to finish with uh, about a plus four goal differential, I think, if we're to, and, yeah, and at and 47, 47 points. points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. And the funny thing is, yeah, they have them higher ranked than Salt Lake, who's at a 78% chance to make it. Yep. FC Dallas, which has an 88% chance to yep. make it. So it is kind of fascinating. It, it, it's interesting to sort of watch how these have sort of gone away. Uh, you will be happy to know the LA Galaxy are given by 538 a 2% chance to win MLS Cup. So uh, get those bets in. All right. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. LA Galaxy and New England. Uh, uh, Eric, why don't you give us the uh, the breakdown on this particular game, which is closer than I think yeah. I would I would make it. Um, I but, realize they're the they're they're similar teams, but it still feels like they should have way more advantage. But but looking at it, kind of validated what I was saying about the Galaxy somehow playing New England well, and New England being, you know, if if this were on a neutral turf, it'd probably be a coin flip, fifty fifty game. But right now. Uh, 538 has New England with a 45% chance of winning, the LA Galaxy with a 31% chance of winning, and then a 24% chance for a draw. And I love to look at uh, the slate uh, around the league, and the Galaxy have one of the higher percentages of the away teams, uh, you know, to, to win. So they're, you know, if you're, you're like the Galaxy, you feel like this could be a bounce back game, or you, d- you just don't like New England, or you feel like there's a revenge factor or something there. The Galaxy might be the team to take here. Also, if you're, if you're betting, uh, New England is plus 110, and then the Galaxy are plus 225. So that tells me that there's not tons of money to be made on the LA Galaxy, which means Vegas thinks that the Galaxy could go in there and steal a point. So that's also kind of uh, something to look at. So again, I, I don't know why. I feel good about this game. <sighs> that's good. I, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> Am you Am I did. the one? I, I don't know. I don't. I, this team really annoys me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Agree. Cosign 100 percent. Yeah. Super interesting, by the way. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a season like this. I know they're capable of playing well. I've seen it. I know they're capable of playing like absolute crap. I've seen it. And I, you just never know who's going to show up. And it absolutely is like it's random. And they've, they've sort of been on almost the exact points per game and different things that they've done. I mean, the bottom line is the defense has been hemorrhaging goals. And if they can stop that, the offense has actually ratcheted up the offensive production. You have guys yeah, who are they're hot. scoring. Yeah. So if you can fix the defense to something resembling what it was through the first 10 games, 
you have a team that will win games. And then you can't tell me that you don't like the Galaxy in any playoff matchup. They're going to be well, the underdog. No, anyone. I, I, I would hope it's LAFC. I would hope it is. The Galaxy get well, up for that game more than anything. I was going to say, that's one I feel better about. Right. But <laughs> it's going, going away to, to Real Salt Lake and not having that extra motivation. That feels more dangerous than, yeah. than the other way around. Yeah, but you're going to go. So you're on the road. You're the underdog. Yeah. You know that you're going to have to play RSL, like that type of thing. If the Galaxy can get in the playoffs, I think they can do some things, right? Now, they can also fall flat on their face, which is what this team is. Um, and so totally inconsistent. So I, I'll go first this particular time. I think it is a 2-2 draw. Um, which I think is a perfectly acceptable. I'm, I hope this makes everybody mad. A perfectly acceptable result <laughs> in New England because I don't. Uh, I don't care. I don't think the Galaxy need to win every home game or every away game. I don't believe that that's the case. Correct. And so I don't know that this game is that. You want to show me something? Give me a gritty draw. Give me the grittiness that saw you come back against Seattle. Even if you got a little bit lucky, you worked hard to create it. Right. So give me that grittiness against New England and Bruce Arena. And and if you can steal it, steal it. But I don't think they're going to steal it. So I'll go two two. Uh, see, I, I've already kind of foreshadowed what I'm thinking. I, I think 2-2, if that happened, I think you'd be happy with a point on the road. You know, even though they did drop points at home, I think if you get two points on the road, I think you call that a successful road trip. That's that's the the algorithm is, you know, win, win at home, tie on the road. And so regardless of you have to throw out how, what happened at home, the t- draws on the road are, are a success. But th- I just feel good about this. I think we are the, the New England Revolution bugaboo team. I think we win 2-1, we steal three points, and then everybody feels real good about it. And then we have a blowout in Toronto, just totally wheels fall off with right. a short turnaround. Right. <laughs> Bob Bradley, Greg going back to Toronto. Yep. Uh, yeah, so fun times. That, that's how I see it going. I say throw the kitchen sink at New England, try to steal the points there, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens in Toronto. By the way, $2 Super Chat from uh, Gabriel. Gabriel says, bring back the Hammer Game hype segments. We do need to do those, but we're very yeah, busy. That's on it's me. Hard, that's my it's, fault. It's hard to do. It's easier to do in person. So Skype has this flaw in it that whenever you play music that it messes with the audio that's coming through. So whenever I play music, it thinks that I'm talking. And so it doesn't want to overlay Eric onto it. It's the one problem that we have. And then it chops up his intro, which is why we don't do it. I mean, we we know we like them, too. I especially like them because I have to do nothing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's the other part of it. Yeah. Doing it live. And when we were we were back in person, it was one of the many joys of my week was going in and cutting those live promos. So I'm right there with you. And my apologies for not being able to bring those. And there is a way around it, but you know, these things called, you know, jobs and kids and kids, the, it, you know, don't, <laughs> we're have, having kids. This conversation. don't have kids. It, there's, you know, the, the super chats only go so far to, you know, be worth your time to, to put in the, the effort that it takes to make that happen. So, uh, here's, here's my promise to you. If we make the playoffs, you're, you're absolutely you're in, getting one of those. Can, can, it's, it's worth the effort. Can, so can you, it's on the LA Galaxy. It's not on me. Right, right. It's on you, LA Galaxy. Okay, good. Let's get the points. Good. I, I like that. Can I'm just asking because I want to see it. Can can you be riding on a cow when you do one of them? I would just, <laughs> I would really, Listen. it would, the Texas, I want you to have a cowboy hat on and I want you to be riding on a cow. Okay. The, there are longhorns close enough to where I could probably make this happen. But I also would like to live. So, yeah, you're not going to see me uh, on, on a live animal 
on someone's ranch and right. risking uh, right. her, <laughs> injury her, her, injury from animals or property owners. Herb, we're going to need gonna, a bigger gonna bigger super game. chat. We're going to need a bigger super chat, Herb. That's what <laughs> that's what Hammer's trying to say. Um, so we'll we'll see how it is. All right, that's sort of where we sit with the LA Galaxy uh, coming up against New England on Sunday. So a Sunday afternoon game, five ish. Uh, Spectrum Sportsnet LA Galaxy is where you can find it. Uh, again, five oh eight is your kickoff. Don't 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 text me. Don't tweet me. It's 508. I like say it everywhere. I tweet it out but, all the time. And a 508 game is not the issue. No. So it's it's the the, 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 the 555. Yeah, 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 and the 50. That's the one where you start getting the tweet. You know, people people deal 8 minutes, you know, by the time you, you know, fire up the Twitter machine and start tweeting at Josh, the game's already on. So yeah, yeah. 8 minutes is usually not where that issue happens. Can, can I tell you the 4:30 start for Toronto means that game starts while I'm still at work? And that will be fun. So, you know, I'll be coming home at halftime. That'll be one of those coming home at halftime, watching the rest of the game and then like scrambling to get up into a press conference. I'm really, really not looking forward to any. You of know, that. one of the one of the benefits. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it on central, central time. time is you get the little bit later and, you you know, get to be done with your day and then enjoy the, the 930 game or the 908 game. But I'm actually going to be on the West Coast <laughs> yes. during these games. So oh, I'm nice. going to have the same issue. So, nice. yeah, good. I'll, I'll be, you know, with, with everyone else's uh, woes with those early games. Yeah. By the way, uh, we already got five dollars in our super <laughs> for, chat for I, Cal Rental for Cal Rental. Yeah, that was that uh, one doesn't uh, go to you. I created yeah, that no, one. That, that one is for Cal Rental. the game. Day hype, okay. So that's thirty dollars now. Thirty. So <laughs> I think I could find a guy. I know okay. a guy who knows a guy. And you know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. You Can you call the snake wrangler on <laughs> See, the, the well, one? I they do have, have a neighborhood snake wrangler. I yeah, know you do. So. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. You should Good not times. be happy about that. I'm just saying. And I rescued a bunny this week. Also, there's a bunny. There's a wildlife person, a bunny rescuer. There's a snake wrangler. It's 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 wonderful out here. What you didn't know is that they're married to each other. That bunny gets fed to the snakes. So <laughs> oh, good job. That's I was actually afraid of that, but I, I'm getting text updates from this person. He's yeah, covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure you are. <laughs> they all look the same, right? Sure you are. All right, uh, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You could also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Gesswin J G U E S. M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, another $2 for the Cal Rental sneaks in under the wire, so Hammer's going to write that one down as well. Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our updates, all of our podcasts, all of our YouTube videos, all that stuff. I'll get posting training. Uh, my computer decided it didn't like it, but I'll post all the stuff from training, so that way you guys can watch that as well. All right, for Mr. Portuguese Hammer, Eric Beer, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.